0: You're listening to A Sacred Constellation in the Shires of Vermont. Enjoy. The scriptural inspiration for this week's episode comes from the Book of Acts, Chapter 7. We also would like to take this time to apologize for the unique audio quality of this week's episode. Have you ever been told about yourself? What I mean is, have has anyone ever gotten on their emotional high horse, or their analytical high horse, and told you all of the examples of the ways that you stink? That you are too neurotic, that you're too obsessive, that you're too lazy, you're too slothy, you're too controlling, or you complain too much, and before any of you respond to that, for the sake of anyone who might have a spouse, a parent, or a child in this room, there is no need to respond. To <laughs> But that is exactly what Stephen did right before he gets stoned to death. And when you know that, when you read all of chapter 7, because all of it happens right before what we actually heard today, the whole thing is actually pretty uncomfortable. Because Stephen wasn't just serving widows like we hear that he's required to do back in chapter 6, He was also preaching. He was spreading the word of God, and he got stoned to death because he wanted to tell these old Jewish boys club about their hypocrisy, about their behavior, and that it was actually a repeat behavior that was already told over and over again in their own scriptures, and he wanted them to recognize it. He wanted them to be like, you have done this before, don't keep doing it. From chapter 7, verse 2, all the way through chapter 7, verse 53, so the entire chapter basically, except until what we actually hear today, Stephen recites for these diaspora communities that have migrated from all various parts of the world to Jerusalem, the history of their people and their arrogance. And that's what got him into trouble. Because Stephen wasn't part of the old guard of Jewish folk. He was a Hellenist. He was part, and that doesn't mean a different faith tradition, that doesn't mean, it just means that he was like a young buck, a kid who spoke Greek rather than, you know, wherever they came from. He was part of current culture. And a group of Jews who had been servants in Rome, right, and in other cities around the Mediterranean, that's who he was talking to. My point about localizing in on that is that any negotiator, any counselor, any therapist, there, any therapist worth anything will tell you you never attack someone with you statements. It merely puts them on the tent. It merely gets them angry. And it definitely got Stephen Stowe. So the first giant takeaway is this. For as long in your life as a Christian that you might want to be like Stephen, I would just put an asterisk on that and say, don't act like Stephen did. Don't try to tell people about themselves. It doesn't end well. But the other part of that story is that Stephen wasn't wrong either and he definitely didn't deserve to die. So when I asked you if you've ever had someone tell you about yourself, the next question is, do you remember how you responded? Did you ever wonder if it were true or if there was some pondering you should do in the midst of all of that anger? Because anger flows both ways. For those diaspora Israelites Stephen was yelling at, he was telling them all the ways that they had messed up, over and over, and how bad they were. That's from their point of view, which is valid. But from his point of view, from Stephen's point of view, here were a bunch of people who literally would just keep cutting off their noses. well, not literally, that's, I'm using literally. (laughs) Okay, so not literally, but, (laughs) who figuratively would just keep cutting off their noses to spite their own faces. And it wasn't just hurting them. It was hurting others, too. Like the widows who were getting ignored and rejected by those diaspora Israelites who weren't getting fed, who were getting ignored because they didn't have a station in life because their husbands were gone. Luke, the evangelist, is a very interesting storyteller. And I bring him up because Luke is the author for the book of Acts. It's it's the same Luke who actually wrote the gospel. He wrote the second volume. And it's funny because in seminary, we always joke about the fact that it's very interesting that we don't call it the gospel, the second gospel according to Luke, right? But it's not a gospel because Jesus is already ascended. And it's interesting that canonically, as in like where the books are placed, they're not next to each other. And that's because they wanted to keep all the stories about Jesus' life of Matthew, Mark, and Luke together. And then John has this different feel, so John was at the end. Needless to say, there's a whole bunch of analytical and literary reasons why Luke, you know, 1st Luke and 2nd Luke aren't next to each other. But trust me, they are the same author. And so, what's important about that is that Luke likes weaving stories together. He likes having the same themes. Perk. Simmer, and perk again. And the reason this is so important is because this Saul that you hear about, this throwaway line that people were putting you know, their, their clothes at the foot of Saul as they're stoning this dude, that's Paul. That's the Apostle Paul who half of our New Testament scriptures are attributed to. He didn't write them all, but half of who they're attributed to. That's him as a young boy. Well, young age, but he is watching someone get stoned for Jesus, and to carry that memory with you, carry that with you next time you hear Romans, next time you hear Thessalonians, Corinthians, right? We are all broken and wounded. None of us are I love that little nugget. And so how awkward is it for all of us, confronted that the Paul who we hold in such high regard literally saw who who slew a whole bunch of letters, participated in the lynching of Stephen? That's what it was. He wasn't hung from a tree, but it was a mob killing. and every visceral, and terrible way that you can think about that. And all because Stephen was sick and tired of the status quo. Stephen was sick and tired of watching his people do the same thing over and over again. Promise, rescue, and rejection. Over and over. God makes Abraham and his descendants a promise. And then, over and over again, God has to rescue those people from calamity. And then, again and again, they reject him. And he goes through in verses 2 through 53 about all of those times. And Stephen's like, can y'all be done with that now? Well, because he says, y'all, they get defensive and angry. And they kill him because they can't hear what those truths might have been. All that they could hear were how bad he said they were. Their trauma, their past, all the stuff that made them emotionally wounded, it put red right in front of their eyes. And so they did the one thing that we have seen people do time and time again. Not just in the past, not just in the, like, like history books, I mean, like in the newspaper. They kill. Of the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments are split into two categories. The first half are love God, and the second half is what? Love. I'm sorry. The first half is love God, the second half is love what? Neighbor. And the first rule in that love neighbor is do not kill, do not murder actually. Do not violently take the life. But when you're wounded, when you feel like someone is tearing down every part of your identity, all you can get is defensive. All you can get is afraid or mad or self-righteous. But what those town folk did is they stopped seeing Stephen as a person, as their brother, as their neighbor, and they took from him what they could never give back—his life. And so, to the point of my sermon this morning, is not to give you some touchy-feely, emotional, warm, and cuddly feeling. It is to break open this one moment, this tiny aspect in scripture that seems like a passing through, that seems like a, oh, that was a really nice moment of somebody who loves Jesus, and hopefully make you feel deeply uncomfortable. Because when someone tries to tell you about yourself, when God shoves this really uncomfortable truth your way and says, I want you to confront this hard truth, how will you respond? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you've enjoyed it, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or your other podcast providers. See you next week.